Good morning, Life Church. This is Taylor. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And it's such an honor that I get to host you this morning as we celebrate and understand the true meaning of why Jesus was resurrected and how that can apply to our life today. Hey, I believe that God has something incredible for you today, and I don't want you to miss out on that. Before we dive in today, before we dive into our worship and before we dive into the message, I want to give some exciting things that we have happening that this week and some things that happened last week. We're going to start out with this week that we have an exciting thing on Tuesday nights that we've started at 7 p.m. This is for all families, for all parents. We, we want to coach you and encourage you on how to create spiritual moments and memories in your families, even during this time. I believe that this season could be an incredible season where you see your family grow closer to each other, but also closer to God and create moments in your life that you can look back on and see just how God has been faithful to you. In fact, we've sent out a survey to help tackle some tough issues and topics that you guys are facing. If you didn't get that survey, would you mind emailing me at taylor at lifechurchutah.com so that you can be a part of our survey and make sure that we are able to encourage you and give you hope in every season of your parenting life. And one thing I want to share that's super exciting is is this past Sunday, we had our Easter drive-through and, and it was incredible, it was so much fun. I loved it, I got to see a lot of you guys. And, and uh, But one thing that was super cool that happened was we had a family that we would never expect to walk through the doors of Life Church. And they came and um, I got this text later on that the, the family was thanking us that we did this because they've never felt so much love and so much peace and so much joy by just handing out a bag of candy. And you know, that just, it touches my heart because that is exactly the what we want to hear when we're reaching out to our community and we're believing for incredible things. And I say that to say thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for believing and allowing us to reach our community in ways that we have never been able to reach them before. And in fact, I just want to remind you, we have four simple ways that you can give. The first one is that you can text, um, and I'll explain this a little bit later. You can text, you can uh, give on the website, you can drop it by the church office, or you can mail it in. And in fact, you can text LCGIVE to 43506, and it'll It'll give you steps and it'll prompt you on how to give through text. You could drop by the website and give right online to the website, or you could drop by the church office. If you're like me, you love to see people. You could drop by the church office from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Monday through Friday and give that way. Or lastly, if you wanna do it the old school way and you can drop it in by snail mail. Yeah, it still works. It's incredible, right? You can drop it in that and just write our address. You can find our address online. And before we dive in, I wanna wanna pray with you. Like I said before, I believe that God has something incredible for you today, and I don't want you to miss it. I really don't. I think he has an incredible thing that he wants to encourage you and allow you to be a better follower of Christ so that you can change your community, change your neighbors, so that they can experience what it means to follow Jesus. 
And in fact, if you have any prayer needs at any time during our live streaming, you can text live prayer to 43506. And we have people standing by that want to pray for you. There's no need too small that God can't overcome and that God can't fix. And we just want to partner with you and believe with you with your prayer requests. And so if you have that, don't be afraid. We just want to partner with you and believe with you. And lastly, before we dive into our worship, before we dive into our message, I just want to pray with you personally. And in fact, I, like I said, I believe that God has incredible things today. And so what I want to do is I want to pray real quick before we dive in. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for the relationship that you give us through your son, Jesus. And God, I pray right now, God, as we dive into worship, God, would we experience your presence like we never have before, even in our living rooms or maybe you're driving in your car. God, wherever you're, wherever we're at, God, would you allow your presence to be there? And God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would allow us to have a sensitive heart and a sensitive mind to hear your spirit and to hear your voice as we listen to the message today. Lastly, God, I pray that you would um, show us this week, even today, even right now, more of your presence and more of who you are in our lives each and every day. God, we love you and God, we thank you. And in your name, amen. Well, hey, I want to invite you to worship. You um, love for you to stand if you're able to be able to lift your arms and, and just worship God and thank him for who he is. And I thank him that he's a constant rock and foundation, even during this season that we are having. Hey, We'll see you guys. Hope you have a great service. Take care. Well, good morning, Life Church. If you're at home, sitting in your living room, feel free to stand with us and worship. We're going to believe that God's going to move in our hearts all over this valley. Sing it with us. There is a song, and I know it well. A melody that's never failed. On mountains high, in valleys low, my soul will rest, my confidence in you alone. And hope has a name, his name is Jesus, and my Savior's cross has set the sea. Hope has a name, his name is Jesus. Oh, Christ be praised, I have victory. There is a life, salvation's flame, Christ undefeated, trampled.
face I see in my pain no more my fear will cease and I bow my life I fix my eyes on Christ my King I bow my life I fix my eyes on Christ my King
ransom, my savior, my refuge, my hiding place. And you're my helper, my healer, my blessed redeemer, my my saving grace. And you're my hope in the shadows, my strength in the
Hey Life Church, it's really great to be with you again and uh, it was so wonderful being able to celebrate Easter uh, with you, being able to uh, have some time together doing communion as your family. And uh, if you did not take communion with us, feel free to go back to the archives and uh, pick up the Easter uh, service. We'd love to do communion uh, with you uh, again. Um, and uh, we are looking forward just want you to know to the time when we can be together again as we wait for that day. We don't know exactly when it's going to be, uh, but as we wait for that day, um, just know we're praying for you, uh, praying for your family, uh, praying for you parents as you try to homeschool you, your kids, uh, praying for you kids who have parents trying to homeschool you and it maybe isn't going as smoothly as you thought. We know that that transition of uh, um, kind of the in-school learning to the home learning can be really a challenge. And so uh, keep it up. Just know we're praying for you. We're praying for those who have lost jobs uh, during this economic downturn uh, due to the complications of the coronavirus. Um, and uh, just, we are looking forward to the economy slowly opening up for opportunities for, uh, for us to just get back to work and be able to do the things that we know God has called us to do. These are difficult times for many of us, uh, but it's okay. And I think in the long run, um, we know that God is faithful. We know that God is gonna see us uh, through this time. And so rest assured, you are being prayed for. You know, as we celebrate uh, the resurrection and victory of Jesus uh, over death, hell, and the grave, um, and that which took place a couple of thousand years ago, I can't help but ask this question. And I hope you've asked this question before. And if you haven't, I'm going to challenge you to do so throughout today as we uh, talk about this. Um, but what does the resurrection mean to me today? Why is it important for me to have uh, even a, a knowledge and understanding of, uh, of the resurrection? Why is it applied to my life? How is it applied to my life? So we're going to go through that question today about the resurrection and what it means for us uh, living nearly 2,000 years later. And we'll, we'll hit part of the reasons uh, why the resurrection is so important. But I think at the end of this, you're going to find out um, that God has a purpose and a reason and a solid foundation upon which you can build your life. Over the past several weeks, uh, we've discovered the heart of, uh, of this revolution uh, that we've been talking about over the past three weeks. Um, the heart of the revolution is uh, Jesus' life, death, burial in the grave, and then ultimately his resurrection. And this revolution didn't stay 2,000 years ago. The revolution is for now. Um, so after his resurrection, uh, Jesus stuck around for about 40 days, um, and then uh, the disciples uh, watched Jesus ascend into heaven after 40 days. But there's a lot that happened in that 40-day period of time, and, and there's this, this really interesting story that happens. Uh, we find it in the book of Luke. Uh, it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead, and I want to read, uh, read this to you. Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13, and we'll skip around a little bit. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. Uh, while they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey, but they were prevented from recognizing him. So get the picture there, you know, two people walking along, heading to a town, and Jesus shows up, but they don't recognize it's, that it's Jesus. Uh, Jesus said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped their faces downcast. The one named uh, Cleopas uh, replied, 
Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who's unaware of these things that have taken place there over the last few days? He said to them, and this is Jesus, what things? It's like Jesus is baiting uh, them to try to say, all right, let's tell the story. And so um, they do. They tell the story of this Jesus, the one that they thought was the Messiah, the one who they had worshipped and the one that they had put uh, kind of in that position of authority in their life, that he had died. He had suffered incredibly difficult uh, circumstances, was laid into a tomb. They didn't know that Jesus had been risen yet. And so then Jesus begins to talk to them. And this is what he says. He says, wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things? and then enter into his glory. Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have been there, to be one of those two disciples, to have Jesus himself tell me where he is in the Old Testament. Tell me how he shows up in the Old Testament and what it means for this new life that they're beginning to live. That creation story, as we we talked a little bit about last week, that creation story starting in Genesis, Jesus was in there and then moving into Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and on all the way through the book of Malachi, which is our, our last book of the Old Testament. Jesus opened up the scriptures for them to see where he was from the beginning to where he was now. And just soon after this, their eyes were opened up and they recognized Jesus. And then Jesus disappeared again uh, to, uh, to appear to other disciples right after that. But I would have loved to have been there for Jesus to tell me about where he was everywhere in the Old Testament. It was this conversation that probably shaped what became of the stories of the Gospels. It was this conversation that Jesus had with these disciples that uh, began to shape what Paul said in his letters. And in fact, Paul writes this one, uh, one thing in Galatians chapter 2. I want to draw your attention to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. He says this, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith, indeed by the faithfulness of God's Son who loved me and gave himself for me. Think, did, did you catch that? He says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've died to my old self. Christ lives in me. Which Christ? This is the resurrected Christ that lives within us. I want you to get that through your heart. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you as as one who follows him. His spirit is alive within you. So it's Jesus living in and through us, the resurrected Christ that makes our life so different now. Uh, We are those that are now identified with Jesus Christ. We're identified with him. He's the one who lives within us and empowers us. We live this life by faith, by trust, trusting in Jesus to change our lives. It is he who has given his life so graciously to us who's poured out so much mercy on our lives, it's he who lives within us. And so what does the resurrected life mean? Uh, Maybe for that generation or a couple generations um, after Christ was on earth, he ascended and the early believers. Uh, There's this uh, story that I heard recently, a guy by the name of Ed Stetzer. He's an author, director of Billy Graham, or he's the uh, Billy Graham chair at Wheaton College. And he shares a story from the fourth century. And there's a uh, historian, his name is Eusebius. 
And Eusebius writes about a time when an epidemic is, uh, is going through the Roman, um, the Roman Empire. And there are many, many, many people who are deeply impacted by it. And Eusebius begins to write about the, um, the, the, the followers of Christ and how they are acting during that time. Um, so it's worth asking why the Christian church has and is now again called to live in sacrificial way. They were called to live sacrificially back then in the year, right around the year 350, I think it was, um, to live sacrificially. And we are also now called to live sacrificially. The answer in part is a description of Christians as citizens of heaven, as we're called in Philippians chapter 3. That is, our hope is not in this life, but our hope ultimately is in the life to come. But what do we do in that in-between time? That's a big question for us, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I know that we are saved, that God has, has changed our lives so that one day we will make it to heaven. But is that the whole purpose of our salvation? Um, and I'm going to read directly here, quoting uh, what was uh, written by Ed Stetzer. It says, in one famous example of sacrifice for the church, the church historian Eusebius describes a fourth century epidemic that swept through the Roman Empire. Far from fleeing the cities or shutting off their homes from others, Eusebius records that, quote, all day long, Christians tended to the dying and to the burial, countless numbers with no one to care for them. Others gathered together from all parts of the city, a multitude of those uh, withered from famine and distributed bread to them all. As a result, Eusebius concludes, the, the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. By the actions that we live today, we are telling the world about who this risen Jesus is. The risen Jesus is not something far off 2,000 years ago. He is living within us today. And because he lives within us today, I'm getting excited, because he lives within us today, um, it, it empowers us to live different lives. So who are we, followers of Jesus in 2020? Quoting again from Ed Stetzer, are we driven by a desire for political power and gain or will we be like those who show and share the love of Jesus in the midst of this now growing crisis? We will know soon and I pray we will look more like Jesus and less like our worst impulses to be more like Jesus. Uh, as we say here at, uh, at Life Church, we exist to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. But one of the things that that requires is for us to look like Jesus. And what does Jesus look like? Well, he's resurrected and his life is lived within us. And I want you to know that this resurrected life um, is actually an invitation. And this is where it gets super exciting for us. This invitation is extended to us to partner with God to bring resurrected life into our world. This is uh, a... a a new creation, new justice, new love expressed, new, new life expressed to everyone around us because Jesus lives within us. So one of the things with Jesus uh, that we recognize is that um, what we call heaven, which would be, uh, let's just try, describe it as God's space, what we call earth, which would be our space, that again, they were created. Remember in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They, they were created together. They are created to intersect, to overlap, to interlock with one another. And the resurrected life of Jesus Christ within us brings that, that part of heaven to be embodied within us, to interact with the world around us. 
The central message is that God will do for the whole of creation at the last, at the end times when everything is restored. He'll do, do for the whole creation at the last what he did for Jesus at Easter, taking a physical reality that had been broken and smashed beyond belief, rescuing it, restoring it, bringing it to new life. The point is that the church, us, <laughs> that we are to demonstrate the signs of new life, which are genuine. The signs of new life, which are these anticipations of the new age breaking in to our reality. So I painted this, uh, honestly, a pretty incredible picture of what it means to live uh, a, a resurrected life, right? To have Jesus living within us and, and that seems to be filled with power and, and genuine justice and you know, all of those great aspects. But there are mirrors in our life and we look at these mirrors and I don't know about you, but there are times when it doesn't seem like that picture of the resurrected life of Jesus uh, living in me is the way that it is actually being uh, lived out. Um, I am fallible, I'm broken, um, and uh, we are imperfect even in the midst of the reality of the resurrection of Christ that should be lived within us. So something is really helpful, I think, for us to remember um, is that God recognizes that we are imperfect. Yep, I'm, I'm talking to you. God recognizes that I am imperfect. God recognizes that you are imperfect. And he says it's, it's okay. Now, I know that, that we need to live lives honoring to God, but there are times when that brokenness just seems to rise to the surface. And I think that Paul actually helps us uh, a little bit with this. And Paul uses an image of a clay jar. Fragile, broken, but this clay jar contains a treasure. And in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which is where we're going to be turning to, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but just before verse 7, um, Paul describes what this treasure is. And that treasure is God's light within us. Just before what I'm going to read, he talks about this light of God that is shining through believers. So how can the perfection of God, his life in Christ Jesus, be contained in us? Uh, sometimes we feel like that perhaps it wasn't meant to be. Right? What if, what if brokenness is a reality? What if imperfection is embraced? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 16 says this. Now, we have this treasure. Remember that treasure is the light of God in clay jars. So that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. And skipping ahead a little bit. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, Everything is for your benefit so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. And I love this last line. Therefore, we do not give up. Let me say that again. 
Therefore, we do not give up. Folks, I don't know about you, but there are times when I feel like I am completely broken, like that clay jar is shattered in my own life. And I wonder, God, is it okay that I feel shattered? God, is it okay that I don't feel like I can put those pieces together back again exactly the way that they were? And so, God, I'm trusting you to rebuild my life. So it says, therefore, we do not give up. We don't, we don't give up because we have the spirit of the resurrected Christ living within us. And that leads to the transformation of lives, not only our life, but those around us. So the resurrected life is not just for us to hold on to. But the resurrected life is for us to share. And the sharing is in partnership, bringing new creation new life, new hope, new justice to those who desperately need it. Reading out of a book called This Risen Existence, and I love this, says, in this image from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Christ's light can only really shine properly through cracked, crumbling clay jars. Uh, nicely finished, properly glazed jars would keep the light in and simply allow people to say what nice jars they are. The jars need to be cracked for Christ's light to be able to shine through. One of the hardest challenges we face as Christians is to let this lesson sink from our heads into our emotions and onwards into our Christian practice. Everything in us shies away from weakness and failure. Learning to live a true risen existence involves also learning to live fully and joyfully as cracked and crumbling clay jars. I hope you catch that heart because that light shining within us wants to shine so brightly and I believe that when we embrace those broken parts of our life and allow the risen existence of Jesus Christ to, to, um, man, to bring healing to those inner parts of our life, that man, that light that shines out of us becomes more and more and more beautiful, more brightly shines to a broken world. That invitation is for every one of us to experience that. An invitation is for you who are sitting there on your couches, those sitting around kitchen tables, uh, watching on your TV, watching on your device. This invitation is for you to experience the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. We live before the ending of this world. The world in which we live will never be perfect in this age. We know that. But... This does not mean that, we, that there cannot be glimmers of hope. This doesn't mean that there can be glimmers of, of that new creation, that new life. And God has empowered us to present that new life in our world around us. But we always bear in mind that we do all of this in order to allow Christ's glory to shine in the world, a glory that shines best through cracked and flawed vessels. So, if I lose my job, the resurrected life of Christ is still a reality. If I get struck with the COVID-19 uh, sickness, the resurrected life of Christ is still available within me. If I have challenges within my family and challenges in schooling, the, the life of Christ is within me. If economic uncertainty still shakes our nation uh, six months from now, it doesn't change the reality of the resurrection of Christ. 
none of this changes who Jesus is. In Life Church, we can rest assured that Jesus so wants to live through us and in us to impact the world that he created, that he's partnering with us to restore. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. Uh, there might be some of you who are watching this uh, um, whenever you're watching it this morning or sometime in replay, and you know that your life is not being lived with the resurrection of Christ, that there is no light within you, that you've tried on your own but have been unsuccessful to find meaning in, in yourself or in your circumstances or your place of work. This is your time to say, Jesus, I know that I need you. I need your life within me. I need to find that hope that this pastor has been talking about. I need Jesus in my life. Very simply, what we're going to do is just pray. I'm going to pray over you and ask you to just repeat where you are just very, very simply after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for changing my life. I know that I am sinful. I know that I am broken. And I need you. So Jesus, shine through my life with all of its faults and brokenness and transform me from the inside out. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins, for being raised back to life. And Lord, I'm going to serve you as best I can all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you as well for the people of Life Church that have gathered and new friends that we have uh, that have begun watching on a weekly basis. God, I pray your blessing upon them. Lord, I ask that your face would shine upon them, that God, you would bring their way opportunities to live the resurrected life of Christ with their neighbors, uh, with their uh, coworkers, even from a distance on Zoom meetings. Jesus, I pray you would shine through them, uh, through these cracked pots that we are. Lord, I thank you, uh, God, for the safety that you have given us. I thank you, God, for the healing that is ours in Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that you would bring healing to families, that God, you would provide financial stability to families, that you would provide food for those who've got uh, insecure supplies of food, and that God, you would show yourself to be faithful to your people in this world that we live in. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here with us. I do want to let you know, starting next week, we have a new series called Can I Ask That? Uh, sometimes we feel like in our faith that we can't ask certain questions, but we are kind of opening up the book and uh, we're going to be asking and hopefully answering some uh, very difficult questions um, that deal with faith that deal with how we live this life out in the world around us. Um, you know, is God a good God? What about Jesus? Is he the only way to heaven? We're gonna be answering a lot of those questions. We're also gonna have opportunities for some uh, interactive times as well on Sundays uh, with uh, some live interactions. And so we are so looking forward uh, to this next series. And don't forget folks, Mother's Day is just around the corner. It's all sneaking up on us, right? Uh, just be prepared for a great time together. Uh, for Mother's Day. God bless you guys. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Make sure that you like and subscribe wherever you can, and uh, you can feel free to share uh, this on Facebook, uh, share it on YouTube, share it on Instagram, wherever you can. Get the word out. The risen Jesus is alive and well, and he's living within us. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.